This is an SBS radio podcast. Settlement Guide. Information, issues and stories about living in Australia. SBS acknowledges the traditional custodians of country and their connections and continuous care for the skies, lands and waterways throughout Australia. Hi there, g'day, and welcome to this episode of The Settlement Guide, a series where we help you navigate life in Australia. Whether you arrived today, have been living here for years, whether you were born in Australia, or you're planning to move here shortly, this series is for you. My name is Claudiana Blanco, and I came to live in Sydney more than a decade ago, and I'm still learning about life down under every day. Today, we will explore how to identify if a loved one has developed alcohol dependence and how to help them. Alcohol plays a central role in many people's lives in Australia, but people with alcohol use disorders drink to excess, endangering both themselves and possibly others. Alcoholism can ruin lives. There's no two ways about it. Um, it doesn't end well for most people. If somebody knows they've got a problem with alcohol at an early stage and they do something about it, then that's the best possible scenario. But it's unfortunately a progressive disease. Every time an alcoholic picks up a drink, it gets worse. Let's get started. According to recently published data from the Australian Bureau of Statistics, one in four people aged 18 years and over exceeded the alcohol consumption guideline of 10 standard drinks per week between 2020 and 2021. But at what point is drinking a problem? And how can one know if a loved one suffers from alcoholism, which is a chronic disease? Helen Gillies is the CEO at Al-Anon Family Groups Australia, a network that supports families and friends of alcoholics. Ms. Gillies says mood swings and behavioural changes are some of the signs that someone may have developed alcohol dependence. The biggest thing we talk about is behavioural changes, and that can vary from person to person, obviously. But often people become different physically. Their mood can change. They can become very angry or upset. They can become very elusive and secretive. They can become very argumentative. Um, or they can become quite distant and removed. So there's no one set of behaviours, but we, we tend to think about um, an alcoholic is somebody whose mood changes. Eleanor Costello is the evidence manager at the Alcohol and Drug Foundation, a government-funded organisation that aims to minimise the harm caused by alcohol and other drugs. She says low energy and little appetite may be other physical signs. You might notice their energy levels are different and they don't engage the same way. Engagement in things like work or school that it may have been really important before might change. Where it might not be going so well, they might be you know, calling sick on Mondays. Ms Gilly says it's not always easy to identify if someone has a drinking problem as they may still be able to work and live a seemingly ordinary life. 
we know that there are a lot of very professional people who are conducting their work and appearing to be quite functional who can have a very severe disability in terms of their addiction to alcohol. But again, we think about the behavioural changes. They can be perfect at work and then come home and not be very pleasant to deal with. Alcoholism is a disease which develops from long-term use. It advances through five stages. It starts with occasional abuse and binge drinking, followed by increased and problematic drinking, and progresses to alcohol dependence and addiction. Alcohol dependence means that the attachment takes over a person's routine. Despite being aware of the adverse effects of drinking, the person can no longer control their intake. Other indicators include tolerance to drinking and withdrawal symptoms. Addiction is the final stage of alcoholism. At this stage, drinking is not just for pleasure. It responds to a physical and psychological need. If you believe your loved one has a problem, the first step is to talk to them about it. They might not want to talk about it, but being able to reach out and make sure they know how much you care about them and that just general check-ins and making sure they know you're there for them, that you care, that you're there to talk about anything that might be going on in their lives, make them feel like they're cared for, feel like they can trust the people around them, they're much more likely to open up. Before raising the issue, it's important friends and family get professional guidance, Ms Costello explains. First thing I'd do before we perhaps engage with your loved one is to seek help for yourself. There is a lot of help and guidance around how to approach this. We do have a lot of resources that are translated as well that can guide people through signs to recognise what do I do, what are the questions I ask, how not to get anxious myself about it. And the first reaction is because, you know, your heart rate increases, you get anxious yourself, You all these emotions come to play because you care so much about this person. For some people, drinking excessively increases the likelihood of them becoming highly emotional, angry or aggressive. Ms Costello says if any family member is at risk, it's important to ensure their safety first. If it's a situation where there's a potential for domestic violence or any other sort of aggression, first thing to do is remove yourself from the situation if you can. And if you're in immediate danger, always call triple zero. Stigma can be a barrier. I don't want to call the police or, or ambulance people because of the stigma. So I don't want them to know something's going on. But they are generally there to care for you first and foremost. Miss Gillies says it's a good idea to keep your car keys and wallet ready in case the situation escalates. It's not acceptable to have somebody else in your life who's aggressive or violent, and we would suggest that anybody does whatever they need to do to keep themselves safe. And understanding that if this person is in denial and they don't want to accept that uh, they have a problem, they will turn to all sorts of things to try and keep the focus away from themselves. So often they'll then point the finger and say, it's because the house isn't clean enough, it's because you spend too much money, it's because you're X, Y, Z. None of that's really relevant. All they're doing is deflecting the attention from themselves. And getting aggressive can be one of those things that can put the person off trying to deal with the real issues. Seeing a loved one change due to excessive alcohol consumption can be extremely painful and confusing. Ms. Costello explains that drinking excessively for a prolonged period can alter the brain's chemistry and hamper its development in young people. When you're consuming a toxin, obviously it affects the brain. It will affect things like your ability to moderate mood. Then the more you use, it can make you feel sort of sad because it is a depressant, it can cause depression. It also puts a lot of strain on your body. It actually raises your heart rate. 
Alcoholism is a progressive disease, so it worsens if not addressed. Miss Gillies again. Alcoholism can ruin lives. There's no two ways about it. Um, it doesn't end well for most people. If somebody knows they've got a problem with alcohol at an early stage and they do something about it, then that's the best possible scenario. But it's unfortunately a progressive disease. Every time an alcoholic picks up a drink, it gets worse. The situation, the behaviours, the outcome's not going to get better. That they'll start having blackouts, that they'll start having behavioural changes, they'll start having trouble at work, they'll start having trouble with money, they'll start having trouble with their relationships. So it's a cyclic kind of disease and going downwards. And the families can be brought into that as well. Seeking support during the early stages of problem drinking could help the outcome. But Ms. Costello adds it's dangerous for alcoholics to stop drinking without medical assistance. Our Path to Help website does have over 10,000 help and support services listed there that can be found for your local area as well. It's a good starting point and it also has a lot of self-help information because they may not be ready to talk to someone, but they might be ready to have a look at some of the things they might be able to do to start with those initial stepping stones to getting some help and support. Ms Gilly says it's important for families to seek professional help for themselves too. Doing so may also encourage the addict pursue treatment. You can't change that person from making the choices that they're going to make, but the families can make choices. And it can be really hard. I think one of the hardest things we ever have to do is see people we care about be in pain. But we have to look after ourselves and we have to make decisions about what's right for ourselves and hope that that other person gets recovery. Data shows that people from migrant backgrounds in Australia are more likely to abstain from alcohol or drink less. Over half of people who mainly spoke a language other than English at home were abstainers or former drinkers, compared to 19.2% of primary English speakers. Help is available in several languages on the Alcohol and Drug Foundation website. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Settlement Guide, written and produced by Chiara Pazzano and hosted by me, Claudiana Blanco. The Settlement Guide Managing Editor is Rosa Germian. Until next time. This was an SBS radio podcast. For more Settlement Guide stories, visit sbs.com.au slash radio.